We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the 22nd day of December, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, Marty Foster, along with a very special guest, uh, Ned. I can't believe we actually have both of you on here. It's a meeting of the British minds, isn't it? Well, two of them. I mean, there's quite a few really, really good British minds. But yeah, there's the two of us here in the same uh-huh. room. The sheer brilliance. Yeah, yeah I know. Indeed. I don't understand. Yeah, well, it's nice to have you both on. Ned, we've only got you for 30 minutes, so that's why we're uh, we're starting now. Uh, Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Yeah, doing well. Fantastic. Glad to hear it. Okay, Marty, what do you got in your notebook? I, I don't have my notebook. As I said before, I, paper is murder, and um, therefore it's all in my head today. And and you know what? I've gone completely blank. I'm, I have a blank, blank page. So let's let's just go with whatever okay. you've got. All right. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Between right. the two well, of us. Well, let's start with this. You remember last week we played the uh, the clips of the MP that stood up in Parliament and uh, spoke his mind and spoke some facts about Brigden. the uh, yeah Brigden yeah uh, Brigden. Well, Brigden. You really Brigden. would have thought that Brigden Brigden Brigden. That's we it. should have looked back to the front, wasn't it? Yes. Brigden. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's been suspended uh, from from Parliament for uh, the for next five minutes. what exactly? That's news to me. Sorry, yeah, I didn't um, see that. They they say that he breached lobbying rules. Who's he trying to lobby? He for? wasn't lobbying anybody. I I know that he wasn't lobbying anybody, but he's been suspended from Parliament for that reason. Okay, all right. They'll they'll, they'll get they'll get rid of him any way they can, won't they? Uh, I I'm going to look further into that, but. Thanks for tipping me off. Well, I suppose we can start with uh, we can start with camel flu. You want to talk about camel flu, Marty? You spent some time in the Middle East. Um, camel flu. You know, they're they're saying that camel flu is a thing now. Of course, the World Cup just finished in uh, in Qatar. Apparently, we have camel flu now, and it kills one in three. Ned, you're laughing. What are you laughing at? Hey, this sorry, is Qatar. I was just thinking of something really bad in your throat. (laughs) (laughs) So do you get camel Qatar, do you, and 30% of the people die? It's a whole country you're dissing there. It's disgraceful. Oh, Um, really? Camel flu. Uh, There's all sorts of jokes we could do about getting the hump about it, but um, let's not. Let's move on from there. (laughs) So it kills one in three. That's because there's three confirmed cases one of which died. Is that is that kind of what the, the gist of the story is? Well, people. well they say here, uh, let me see some of these. So, so according to uh, the, uh, the, of course, this is coming out of the Daily Fail, so take it for what you, excuse me, the Daily Mail, so take it for what you will. They say that people coming back from Qatar after viewing the World Cup, two journalists suddenly died. It was actually three uh, that suddenly died uh, out there uh, with undiagnosed heart problems. They say that these pe- these people that died, they might be the carriers of the camel flu, uh, which is 
something that we used to call MERS uh, before this. But of course, you know, we have to rename it to something. And then, of course, somehow or another, camel will become offensive. Respiratory syndrome, isn't it? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's bomb. So, well, hold on a second. I have a a list of symptoms here. Go ahead. You said um, suddenly died. Those three that suddenly died, and that they're linking the, the sudden. They're linking the sudden deaths to MERS. That's correct. No. Those dudes died of, one of the dudes died of an aneurysm uh, that we know of. Yes. Not MERS. That's a bunch of BS. Uh, they're, they're, they're trying to run cover for vaccine death. Of course. In my are. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah vaccine yeah. injury. Yeah. Spot You're on. absolutely spot on uh, in your deduction there, I think. Um, no, I mean, I've, I've ridden many a camel. Um, <laughs> I've never seen one with a cough. They spit. They spit. They're they very spit, good yeah. with phlegm. Um, I've seen one turn round <laughs> and bite my next door neighbour. My next door neighbour was over visiting, and we, there we were, gently riding our camels yeah. through the desert, uh, being led by an Arab or two. And um, his camel didn't like him at all. And he, um, the camel, swap reached round. <laughs> well, basically, yeah, they did swap. The camel reached round. Bit him on the leg. He fell off the camel because he's another jujitsu guy. Managed to um, roll onto his back and save his very expensive camera. But no, I've never seen a camel with flu, so it's a new one on me. And I think they make it up as they go along, don't you? I I believe that they do. Yes, they say that the symptoms of this one include. Are you ready for this? Coughing. Oh yeah. Fever and vomiting and a large fatty lump <laughs> on your back. Apparently so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's an awful lot of viruses that that include those symptoms, and isn't it marvelous? I mean, they will tell any lie they can. What? Well, now hold to, on a second. Um, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Now I think you're glossing over this because they say specifically that the way that you acquire this virus is not necessarily from another person, but it could be acquired from close contact with a camel. Yeah, with the exactly as close association That's with a camel, like. or or. From consuming camel products such as unpasteurized camel milk. Oh, they, they love camel milk in the Middle East. They they really do, particularly in the Gulf states. Oh god, it's one of the few dairy products that they can readily produce. Well, you, I I don't even see like okay. So if you remember back in in the start of COVID, do you, do you remember we played that uh, that Iranian in, Instagram influencer who was drinking the. Uh, the hot camel urine saying that that was the cure for COVID. <laughs> do you remember I that? I do remember. And, you know, if if it works for him or them or them or they, then that's, that's great. But um, he was an I'd Islamic medicine COVID. specialist. Yeah, he was an Islamic medicine specialist. So he knew what he was talking about. Well, clearly, I mean, I'm not going to argue with him. <laughs> How is he today? Does anybody I, follow that up? I yeah, don't I know. Or if he died suddenly. Or maybe he's fine, <laughs> totally healthy. You know, the, the practice of drinking one's <laughs> own urine has been going on for a very, very long time. There's all kinds of vitamins and stuff. And when it comes out, it's sterile. So, you know. Um, but it does I'm, dehydrate you. Obviously, you're going to want to drink water as well. You can't, you can't just have this eternal cycle of urine, Ned. That's silly. Sorry. Oh, dear God. Oh, by the way, I've... Having listened to a few of his podcasts recently, when he goes, oh, I don't know, what he actually means is, I do know, but I'm not going to say it because uh, I, I I, think you'll all, all, you know, have a go at me about it. 
Who, me? I don't yeah, care yeah. who else says what. <laughs> I deliberately put things in so you can have a go at me later. Yeah, but it's when you finish the sentence <laughs> off with, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You do know. No, that that is that sentence is for the idiots that try to close down stations and all that sort of exactly the ones that will will de-platform yeah you for so expressing at the end of the day i'll leave i'll leave it hanging in the air but in my humble opinion i don't think camel urine is necessarily a cure for Do you think anything you have to be weaned it off slowly well for a start it's very dangerous because you know you're on a small step ladder underneath the cabal trying to catch excuse it. me can i have some it's gonna spit and bite Anyway, now we, we must give Johnny a chance. So, and Bruce. Well, you don't have to give me a chance because you two seem to be stealing the show anyway. And this is our last podcast of the year, so we might as well be a little bit funny, right? I mean, we're always so serious all the time. Ned's always trying to get me to laugh. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to try and make it by tonight. <laughs> we, we, we will get you to laugh. There's no, that's not a problem. Well, I suppose. Um, uh, let's, let's play something here that's going to make us laugh. This is the head of the World Health Organization, uh, Mr. Tedros. Since the peak at the end of January, the number of weekly reported COVID-19 deaths has dropped almost 90%. However, there are still too many uncertainties and gaps for us to say the pandemic is over. There's too many uncertainties for us to say that the pandemic is over. He didn't say uncertainties, though. He said okay, uncertainties. All right. All right. <laughs> all right now, now, to be fair, I can't speak. Was he from Ethiopia? Ethiopia. Originally? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't speak because I think they speak mostly Arabic in, in Ethiopia and other languages. But uh, to be fair, I can't speak any of those. But Ted Ross. Um, is it two names or is that it's one name? One name? It's one name. It's, it's one name. I can't it's pronounce. That's that's what we can pronounce. His his other like he's got like three names and we can't yeah. pronounce. It's like Glab it's and then like something that's a half he's a mile not, long and then Tedros. I haven't seen the rest of it. I've always just seen Tedros. He's yeah, not yeah. Edward Ross from Romford. Or something <laughs> like that. Oh, okay, yeah. and um, it's a, a restaurant somewhere. Of course. Uh, there's been a huge drop in cases, basically because people aren't being tested every five minutes anymore. So a lot of the times it's going undetected as a minor cold, which is really all it amounts to, unless you are severely immunosuppressed um, or deficient. Yeah, And of course, the, the number of deaths from COVID will have dramatically reduced as well because they are no longer fraudulently recording deaths from other means as COVID deaths. So anything Ted Ross from Romford there has got to say is is relatively unimportant to me. But I I did post on one of their, you know, reply on one of their Facebook adverts for the World Health Organization the other day. Um something along the lines of, you know, you're all going to really regret this when everyone does wake up. But we, we had all the world's governments listening to that idiot who's actually, he's guilty of some serious crime in his own country and yet is sitting as head of the World Health Organization. I mean, was it, a, I don't want to, I do want to say genocide. Was it a genocide that he was guilty of or was it massive fraud or something no, like that? No, it was that? genocide. No, it was genocide. So, yeah. Thanks, Ted, but keep your advice and your opinions and your information to yourself because it's only to serve yourselves that you're broadcasting it. 
Well, I think, you know, his his calls are are echoed. I'm going to bring Bruce in on this conversation because uh, we heard this yesterday. And in the U.S., I mean, clearly, because this is this is a worldwide problem in the U.S., we're just going to have to declare uh, an emergency again because of, of what's happening, especially with the children, because it's about the children, you see. What are you going to have to do in order to protect those children? Listen to this. But to your question, yeah. uh, it, it is well past time, especially because pediatric hospitals across the country are overwhelmed, as you said, that we just need to accept what's unpopular. And I'll just say it, that, uh, that communities across the country, especially with pediatric hospitals that are overwhelmed, which is most, just need to mask up. Schools need to take the leadership here. Public health wow. officials need to accept uh, that we, uh, that, and I know that they privately communicate this all the time. It's just we, we need to have the courage to say this publicly, even if it's unpopular, that, that communities, especially with hospitals, children's hospitals that have little stock in the system, need to protect those hospitals. Schools need to, to lead by example and mask, and that school officials, I'm looking at you, public health officials at the local level, it only makes sense. It's our only buttress here, in addition to vaccination, and we need to do it. So, so I understand how it's what makes sense. Um, but then there is right reality, the reality on the ground of what we have been dealing with over the last three years and people's emotions. And, I, and, and we've had this conversation over the years, whereas once you ask or allow folks to take those masks off, it's going to be hard for them to then put them back on, especially those kids that have been suffering in school, had to stay out of school for weeks at a time throughout the COVID um, pandemic, have now kind of returned to this quote-unquote normal. And then, once again, these administration officials would ask them to put them back on. I think that's it's a hard sell, it seems, right now in this country. Well, yes, I mean, I think that's a small price to pay. Unfortunately, you're right. Nothing, there isn't. I'm not saying that there won't be some degree of discomfort, inconvenience, and sacrifice. Yeah. What's the alternative? The mili- deploying the military, I say this is a me- medical reservist on the adult side, won't work in this case. We don't have a, a lot of pediatric providers in the U.S. military to step in and say, hey, we, we're going to save the day and here's the cavalry. That doesn't work here. What we know is that we only have one-tenth the hospital capacity for kids as we do for adults. Yeah. Adult hospital capacity strain, pediatric will be as well. So what's the alternative here that we're just going to let our uh, children's hospitals in particular Uh, go overwhelmed. I think that is the greater priority, even if it means unpopular policies. We have to get real here. Eight to 12 weeks, dead of winter. This is probably because we live in an era of respiratory epidemics and pandemics. We have to deal with the fact that this is this is an expectation. This is a policy lever we may have to pull and we have to get the public ready for that. Uh, The alternative is not going to be pretty. The alternative is not going to be pretty. You see, Bruce, you you don't want to bring in the military here. You you don't want to do that. So what's the alternative? The alternative is, well, you you accept what's unpopular. And I'm looking at you, you school advisors and and you public health advisors at the local level. I'm looking at you. Well, put it this way. The only answer is stop the vaccine. In America, what's the age limit now that they've vaccinated at? Going uh, they're doing down they're doing history. newborns now yeah yeah so basically all you've got so to do then is so are you guys wait another 12 months and let's see how many of them are dead well they'll, you've got yeah, a, but you know you've how it's got a major be. myocarditis problem which yeah. is pre-puberty not post-puberty but you know how it's going to be they're going to blame everything but what the culprit is bruce have we have you got in the states have you got a strep epidemic as well at the moment yeah like we have close. here Yep. So I'm not a doctor, but I do feel that wearing a face nappy helps build up bacteria in the mouth, in the nose, and the streptococcal infections that we're seeing everywhere at the moment 
are, are running rife. And I think it's as a result of... Well, it's not going to help. Well, I think it's as a result of the mask wearing that was happening six to eight months ago. Um, you know, people uh, weren't breathing in each other's antigens and exhaled miasma because they had their face covered by a face nappy. Um, but the, so they weren't building up any immunity. So their immune response was lower. Add the nice. lowering of the immune response yeah. caused by taking a fine-tuning um, mRNA gene therapy, and you've got a situation where people are just getting sick where they wouldn't have got sick. Um, but that that question Johnny posed for, for Bruce, actually, Ned, but you went right in there. Sorry. So it's sorry. okay. We only have him got... for a limited amount of time. He's leaving in uh, 15 minutes. So go ahead, Bruce. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so <laughs> I would like to see, uh, you know how they sick CPS on us uh, for, you know, minor infractions, but they don't like us because we have some political ideology typically on the right. Um, I, I have a better idea. Instead of masking up the kids, how about we sick CPS on this dude and have his kids taken away like he's done to the rest of us or to people that were speaking out against the uh, mandates that were happening in school, the transgender stuff, the sexualizing of the kids. How about uh, we use the government to go after him and let him see what it feels like to have your kids taken away from you. And then once the kids are taken away from you, uh, we'll give you the kids back after six months of being in court, losing thousands of dollars, having to go through multiple programs. And then when you finally get your kids back, they're not allowed to any public school or private school. They're going to have to do at home learning like the rest of the, the, the folks that can't afford private schooling that didn't close down, by the way. So, um, no. I, I, he can take that mask and he can shove it. We don't need to be torturing these kids anymore like this. Uh, the the infection from COVID-19 for under 18s is minuscule. It is so small that it's negligible. It's almost zero. And then when you go up even higher, it, it doesn't become a, a problem until you get over 65. Then it starts getting to the same levels as the flu. Then when you get into the 70s and 75, it, it starts getting worse than the flu. These the, the, these talking heads should be taken behind the shed and given a whooping. It's quite typical as well with that that piece, which, of course, the listener will not have seen, is that he was talking about overwhelmed pediatric hospitals whilst they were showing a completely yeah. empty right. ward. Yeah, no. um, and we're we're suffering the same uh, threats and and fear ramping here because the um, the useful idiots amongst the trade unions, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, have organised strikes. And the bought and paid for globalist, you know, World Economic Forum puppet government we have aren't negotiating. So it creates this perfect storm with um, too few staff, not enough nurses, not enough ambulance drivers, um, and an increased number of what have become quite serious infections that would have been just minor colds and flu had it not been for everyone's immune system or everyone who's been stupid enough to have a vaccine, immune system being further suppressed by mRNA gene therapy and, I, he, the, and, the, and the nappy wearing, face nappy wearing. 
He is right, though, in what he was saying. The the children's hospitals are going to be overflowing. They're going to be full. If you continue with the vaccination uh, yeah. protocols for the kids with this COVID-19 vax, you're going to see a lot of myocarditis. You're going to see a lot of sick kids. They're just, just sick. Uh, and then you're going to see things like blood clotting and things that we don't typically see in kids. And they're going to be there. Cancers, all these kind of things are going to be happening to these kids. And it, yeah, the, the children's hospitals are going to be full if, if parents are continuing to vaccinate their kids with the mRNA jab specifically. Uh, I'm not going after the, the old ones because we don't have enough data on that, though there have been some files here recently that were released involving the shots that uh what, what the the DDA mmr i believe it shots, is shots in the and the mmr shots yeah yeah there, there's some information came out about that and uh what do you know the government was hiding uh some data from us and it's actually not as good as they said that it was been, that t-dap has been in a bad place for a long long serious yeah, time is. yeah and they because they the will send these little morons around these little clipboard thumping idiots they'll send them around to people's houses to knock on your door and say uh yeah we're here because you and your kids didn't get that shot and they'll get the door slammed in their faces yeah it, it's just you've got the it's only one answer to everything live vaccines or nothing that's going back to the what the proper well, use yes, of medicine Ned, but then i i agree with you but here's the problem they aren't safe and effective if you do that Ollie's doing that funny face again, isn't he? When he when he's saying something tongue in cheek. You know what? Maybe maybe we're glossing over this, right? Maybe we're just maybe we're looking at this all wrong because we're listening to these talking heads, right? We're not listening to actual experts. And when I say experts, and I'm not talking about Fauci, I'm not talking about Dr. Hillary Jones. I'm talking about celebrities like Gene Simmons, who was on Good Morning Britain just the other day talking about just this. So get over yourself. We're not concerned if you agree with it or not. We're concerned about you making us sick. So no. get your goddamn COVID it's shot a good point. and prevent and other people from getting your stuff. It's a good point. And we're, we're having a debate this morning about that very thing, really, a debate about whether mask wearing should be returned to be mandatory here in the UK. Res uh, restrictions have been lifted. And I understand you even suggest people who come to your concerts wear them for their own protection. We are doing the KISS cruise shortly, and you will not be able to get on the cruise unless you're vaccinated. Look, before you go to school... You have to have your children get the flu vaccine and the polio vaccine. And there's no discussion. And, you know, what about my rights? Well, you don't have as many rights as you think. When you get up to a red light, you must stop. There's no choice. It's because it's not about you. It's about the other innocent people going by. So get over yourself. Even you, you get in your car, you must put on a seatbelt. Well, you're taking away my rights and the government's telling me what to do. That's right. The government is telling you what to do. Shut up. Be respectful of other people and get a vaccine. Put on your seatbelt. Stop at the red light. Stop being selfish. I take it Gee. both of you have uh, booked your cruise tickets for the, the, the Kiss Cruise. Yes? No? You could not pay me enough to go and listen to that sad old man. Earlier on, I'm into heavy metal. I'm into rock. I cannot think of a single Kiss song. I, I cannot think of a single Kiss song. Uh, and, yeah, I love I love That's music. Great. I love rock. But, no, I, I, I really... They're just what, rolling out another has-been, just as a face, and he's out there. And it's just pathetic. And people will listen. And that's the crux of the matter, people. Somebody will listen to that crap. You've got no rights.
the government are telling you what to do. No, actually, <laughs> tired old has been. Um, when it comes to wearing a seatbelt, for instance, common sense tells you it's a safety device. Wear the damn thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the last year is what happened to common sense in the last two years? It's gone out the window, because of course you would do if you weren't wearing a safety belt. If you weren't listening to the government, it's gone out the window, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, the, the female anchor on that show, her husband, apparently, had really, really long COVID. He was very, very ill right at the start of um, of the pandemic. So that adds strength to to her sitting there spouting because she's a, air quotes, victim of COVID in, in as much as her husband is now you know, disabled by COVID, or so they said. Could have been anything, mm-hmm. quite frankly. We'll, we'll never know because they falsified so many records. And as for conflating the polio vaccine with MNRA gene therapies, it's just criminal. It shouldn't be allowed. If if they want to deplatform and censor someone for misinformation, that should have been it right there. The shutters should have come down on that channel right at that point because they are so totally different. And Ned and, and you, Bruce, and you, Johnny, have explained and dug into how these different um, things work and why they work and why mRNA, even by its own creator, is decreed as never to be used as a vaccination. It was decreed by the FDA, remember, for mRNA, if the people want to know, has been around for 30 to 40 years. It's been classified as a biological weapon by the FDA, never to be used. Look into their papers, look into their history until COVID come along and just ask you that question, why? And then look into the history of the Freedom of Information Act, all the papers of what happened to all the test subjects of animals and everything. And you will find this ghastly trail of nothing but death. You are ever so cheerful tonight. It is nearly Christmas, mate. We, we I know. Perhaps you'd go in and have a mince pie in a little while. Well, Santa's been spreading joy, hasn't he? Well, he has, yes. Oh, yeah. And as a matter of fact, you go in and have a mince pie. As soon as you have that, then you can toddle on off to the local vaccination center somewhere in South London, and you can find Dr. Hillary Jones to give you a vaccine. Yeah. Hillary. Hillary Jones. Hillary and all Jones, that Santa's yes. got left to is spread joy. Joy. And for the yes. younger, and for the younger people whether you're teenagers or whether you're in your 20s or whether they like to watch your netflix prime videos or whatever on one of those channels you've got residential residential evil now we've played residential evil resident resident residential evil is what happens in care homes yeah well uh, we got that as well yeah yeah, we have got that as well so resident evil yes sorry ned what are you saying so that's the films you got five of them i think it was and now you got a series and so they the Umbrella Corporation survived the first ones, and now they've got the series, and they've created an antidepressant with the two-virus toxin, which is called joy. So Santa is spreading joy, isn't that an antidepressant? He, well, he, no, he's actually spreading something that's not good for you, and joy is the lie. I see. Yeah, just just for the record, though, we're not suggesting that um, this, this drug joy is being spread by Santa Claus. No, but he's actually telling you to take a vaccine, which is dangerous for you. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Dr. Shillery and the others on well, that. Basically, that certainly he's, he said Santa's doing this. Well, I'm, I'm pissed off with him because Santa's brilliant for the kids. Santa, Leave him alone. Yeah, Santa is brilliant for the kids. Um, but what's that? What's that other German one? 
the the the, the nasty thing that comes and takes stuff away. Oh, it's Krampus. That's Krampus. The Krampus. Yeah. The Krampus. I think that's a much more useful anthropomorphic creation. Well, I mean, in this country, you used to have he used to be green, and even up until I'd say eight years ago, there used to be the green Santa, and he used to be more earthy, and the kids used to go up and give them something that was natural and earthy, and they used to give him a present, and then he used to accept them in and talk to them, and it used to go from there. Oh, I see. And okay. it goes back a long way, especially, I mean, this country's got, the UK, I mean, apart, I mean, everybody thinks in the, the that there's no history in the UK. It goes back a long, long way. It's got one of the best pagan histories out and everybody thinks Tolkien invented us a history because who we thinks, didn't have one. Who, I'm just curious. <laughs> just curious on that. Who thinks that the UK doesn't have a long history? Who thinks that? I've never met anybody that said that. Yeah, loads of people who think Tolkien created Lord of the Rings. For I, I don't want to put words in mouth, but I think what he means is our mythology. Pagan, pagan mythology history. Uh, of course, we've got loads more history than in the United States, unless you ask someone of one of the indigenous races of the United States who would say that they've got thousands of years more history than perhaps we have. Um, so this is interesting. Since you bring that up, let's just discuss that because this is the holiday time and this is our last uh, podcast of the year. Is a Christmas tree pagan? Yes. Yes. It's the Yule log. It's Actually, the Christmas tree is the simplicity of when winter comes, most deciduous trees and stuff lose their leaves. So what do you want back? You want sunlight, you want spring. So you put something colourful on your trees to wish the darkness away and the light back in. And that is the basic of it all. And That's that is why... what I wanted to hear, is that. You did. Well, spot on then. Also... <laughs> get, you, get, uh, get your opinion in. No, no, yeah, you're entitled <laughs> to it. Also... The, the Yule log, because the tree was dragged in. Isn't that something you do after really heavy Christmas dinner? No, that's Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. <laughs> but uh, the Yule log was dragged into the longhouse and burnt. So it's a way of heat. So it, you still bring a tree into the house, but you burn the bloody thing as well. So the trees that are outside put something pretty on it because you want spring to come back. Yeah. So... Anyone over the age of about 20 would have realized it happens every year, regardless by that time. See, this is the thing about religion. It does make people we stupid. No offense. No, 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 no. They do. The trouble is with most religions, it gets over-engineered. I mean, if you go back to winter and spring, it has always been a time for all manner of different things. It's like when you shut, your, you shut all your animals away at winter, don't you? Yeah, you lock them up and everything. And then they used to push them through to like burning areas and fires as they, as they came out and stuff like that in case. And they also... They pushed animals through burning fires? No, between burning fires. Between burning yeah, fires. Yeah, between them. And when it came down to adults, it's like because there used to be loads of dis distances between places, not like you've got cars and everything. If you had a horse, you were someone special anyway. So if two people agreed that they liked each other, they'd go live with each other over winter, get snowed in or whatever. And then if they were still there with the agreement after that, then they might get married in the spring or agreed to get married, if not. So you had your sort of engagement time. And even in a lot of those pagan ways, you used to have a stone ring where you used to put your hand in the spring, hold together and make your final agreement that you would be together as forever. As so that's where the ring came from. 
like all westernized things, we can make a buck out of this. And you extend it, extend it, extend it, and build it on what it was formed originally, like your Christmas, like everything else. And then eventually, Hallmark was invented, and they sold those cards. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is true. And they turned it into a channel. Now they're making ridiculous Christmas movies every year that are just god awful to watch. There's so. loads of stuff. If it's simplified, it has more meaning and it has more soul, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. More soul. What music? Ah, soul. <laughs> well, Gene Simmons is not a soul singer. I'm sorry to tell you. No, it's yeah. not soul. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's something. Yeah. Speaking of uh, people that are on uh, on the airwaves, uh, James Whale. You're familiar with him, yes? Yes, James uh, Whale. Yes, was on the television for a while, but then got demoted to radio. Yeah. Um, well, he is. Um, well, he's uh, unfortunately he's been demoted from radio, self demoted uh, through no fault of his own. I guess he he just kind of. Well, he's, he's well, got lungs full. When you say no fault of his own, how many vaccinations and boosters was he boasting about well, having? Now, see, you're jumping to conclusions. You see, Marty, these things just happen, right? They they just happen. He's tweet. I'm just reading from his Twitter here. He says that that now, mind you, he's he's had all the boosters and everything up to this point. He's been promoter of pushing the jab. He says apparently I have lungs full of blood clots, so they're keeping me into. They're, so they're keeping me in to clear them out, and hopefully it won't take too long. Sorry to say, guys. A lot of people are asking how my blood transfusions went. Unfortunately, they didn't do the trick. Apparently, I have lungs full of blood clots, so they're keeping me in to clear them out, and hopefully it won't take too long. Well, best of luck, Mr. Whale. That's not what I said earlier in prep. However, yeah, I, I, I do hope he pulls through. And I hope he's all the wiser and puts a little truth in his He has had, at apparently, at least, at least, this is what he's boasted about, he's had at least three COVID jabs, and he's tweeted about every single one of them. So that's how we know that he's had at least three. Uh, and can he's referred to... Can we take a while? To see if he has another one after this, if he survives. Well, every, every, well I don't know. You, you guys are in the UK. You guys can literally put a bet down on anything over there. So, I mean, I guess you can go down to the local bookies and, and put something down, right? Maybe get an accumulator going or something. Oh, this is, this, this is apropos us. of nothing. You know um, who won the World Cup? You know yeah. who actually Lionel won Messi the World Messi did. Cup? Yeah, Lionel Messi did. Yeah, Argentina won the World Cup. Yeah, like I said, I, Lionel I heard Messi. This, yeah, I heard this this story on the news. Um, it was about a guy. Or actually, it was on the radio. Um, this guy put his last £38 on Argentina to win the World Cup because the odds were phenomenal. He stood to win about £50,000 with this one bet of £38, only to be disappointed when he realised that he'd put the bet on for Argentina to win the Rugby World Cup, which doesn't happen until next year. So um, if you're listening, we're really sorry, and we hope you get over it. That's terrible. That's, that's terrible. You said um, that with a straight face. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. Anyway, Here's have, the you, thing. have you got to go? Yeah, I was going to say, it is time for him to uh, uh, to toddle on, but, uh, I mean, if you want to say I do, this. I do. Take a short break. Um, and here's some messages from our sponsors while we'll all, we'll all get a drink. Sounds Merry good. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Back in a moment. Oh, hang on, Ned. You might as well say goodbye. Yeah, you want to say you want to say farewell to the uh, to the listeners. This is the last time you'll be on for well, the, uh, the I, rest I of the I thought I'd be in one more time before Christmas to wish him a Merry Christmas tonight. Do you well, want to come on one more time? You and I can do one. Huh? You and I can do one more before the end of the year, if you want. We'll see. Wait till okay. I get back. Okay. Right. 
But in the meantime, don't you want to say Merry Christmas to all Merry the Christmas listeners. to the listeners, possibly? Oh, did you say Merry Christmas, or did you switch me off? Don't think I, I don't think <laughs> I did. Just say it again. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. And I hope you come out the other side of this in good cheer. It's well said, sir. We will see you after the holiday. Now that Ned has gone, he said his uh, his Christmas goodbyes, uh, and maybe maybe he and I will uh, do a short one uh, after the Christmas holiday in between. You know that little intermission period, and if you're around Bruce, maybe you know you want to jump in. If you get bored, you know it's you know how it is. If we don't do something, we're like we're sitting around, we're like man, it's boring. <laughs> so you know we kind of have to do something every now and again. But anyway, let's get back I'm to this. Go and then fishing. You're gonna go fishing. You're you're actually gonna go yeah. fishing. You're gonna yeah. You're gonna catch something this time. I've caught something the last two times, but have they, you? yeah, they just haven't been big enough to eat really because I haven't oh, I got my little boat out into the the deep bit to get the bigger ones. But I see. Yeah, we're catching fish off the beach. So in the gap, when it really gets boring, I'm going night fishing. Actually, well, if you if you go out there, if you get your little boat out there, if you, if you go out there, you might catch a dinghy or two. Yeah, it's uh, slight. You know, if if we find them in uh, in the Solent. They have gone well off course. <laughs> you know, Calais to Dover, approximately 21 miles as the crow flies. Calais to the Solent, a little bit further than their small outboards are going to get them. Well, so, some of them, no. the currents have actually pulled some of them down. I was looking at a map out of your uh, uh, your border force the other day, and the currents have actually pulled some of them down through there. So, yeah, you've you've seen a couple down through there. But anyway, I don't want to get into that right now. We'll talk about that after the first of the year. Let's get back to uh, to this uh, th- this agenda that they're pushing. You know, you had Gene Simmons, you had uh, these these buffoons on the uh, the mainstream media in the United States. Okay, so what should we do? If you still will not comply, what should we do? Well, let's ask another expert in this field. Let's let's just ask that person. Uh, and this is the same one that was visiting Volodymyr Zelensky in Ukraine a few weeks ago to give him his Oscar award. Oh, so not t- Mr. Penn. It is Mr. Penn. Yes, he's going to tell you what we should do with those of us that just simply will not comply. This project, you guys have been really busy. I mean, Sean, you've you've been you know working tirelessly with you know helping on COVID testing, vaccination sites. What goes through your mind when you hear a lot of the anti-vaccine rhetoric? Uh, um, it, it's it's a cowardice of conviction. I, I think that it is an unwillingness to engage in a culture of common sense. Uh, that at this point, it seems criminal to me. Actually, I, I really feel that. Um, that, that, that if someone chooses not to be vaccinated, that they should choose to stay home, not go to work, not have a job. These are, you know, as, as long as we're all paying for these streets, we got to ride safely on them. And so I'm just hopeful that the mindset will change. And it started, we know that this really started with leadership voids. And now I think that there are some examples of leadership that are being helpful with it. Uh, but we really got to get everyone else, every, every, everybody on the same page. And I think the CDC should be much more clear. They should just be more clear. Have I sworn yet tonight? I don't think so. No, well, he's a uh, 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 Yeah, sorry, Bruce. What were you going to say? I, I like his argument. If you're not going to get the jab, then we're going to declare war on you. Literally. In, in, in past days... Uh, back when we still had, you know, an agrarian society and most people had to uh, do the physical labor to survive. Um, if someone came in and said, uh, you can no longer do the physical labor, uh, your land is now ours. 
they just declared war and you would fight to the death for that. Now, uh, advanced to today, we have fiat currencies instead of, you know, doing the trade. We, we give up our time and in exchange for that time, we yeah, get a fiat currency. You, you can't have a job. You cannot work unless you get the vaccine or do as we say. That's literally declaring war on you. That's the same of ages past. Uh, it's just the difference is now people are so complacent and, and comfortable that they've been domesticated. That's basically what's happened. People have been domesticated and they're unwilling to stand up and resist this. Old is Sean Penn, by the way. He's getting up there. I think he's he's got to be in his sixties. I think Bruce is going to look it up now. But you know, I I think it's I think it's fascinating to sit here and and listen to these know nothing celebrities tell you about how you should be living your life and how you should be doing this and doing that. And and if you don't, well, then uh, you're not being a good little peasant, and we're going to have to punish you. I think that's especially rich coming from these people whose lives haven't changed. I might add. Their lives haven't changed. They haven't been impaired at all. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're stuck in your 16 million square foot mansion in Malibu during the lockdown. The biggest concern that you've had is not being able to bring in your personal trainer. While people I've, I've have a been, certain amount, I've a yeah, certain amount of sympathy for Sean Penn because he was in fact married to Madonna, so he he is deserving of our sympathy. But at the same time, by Bruce's reasoning. If Sean Penn has declared war on the likes of me, who I do refuse to have this um, gene therapy, um, then I, I I demand single combat because um, I reckon I could take him. He's not like Carnu Reeves. Carnu Reeves is rock hard. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's quite something. He he's sixty two years old. Yeah, sixty two. Well, he's only he's only what six years older than I am. So that's that's a fair fight because I've got yeah. two. Two false knees. So, um, yeah, bring it on, than, Sean. They're actually better than our knees. I might add. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are. You know the you know the salutation that gymnasts do when they've completed their routine, where they stand and they raise their arms out and then face the other judges and raise their yes. arms out. Yes, I'm allowed to do that if I can stand up off the sofa without making a noise, without grunting or groaning. And I did it the other day, uh, and uh, so I did the salutation to everybody that was in the room and felt great about it. But yeah, come on, Penn, if you want to gob off like that. Put your money where your mouth is and, and let's meet up in the ring. Let's do it UFC style. Can we get a hold of Dana and uh, and organize it? Yeah, and Joe Rogan will give commentary. That would be awesome. It would, wouldn't it? That's actually what he used to do. That's how he got started in podcasting was he was doing commentary for uh, for UFC. Yeah, I'd, I'd see, I, I have seen Joe do that in the past, yeah. So as I said, it's it's fascinating to sit here and listen to these celebrities. And, and it's very rare because of the Hollywood agenda and because of the way that things are in that, that world, it's very rare to see somebody step outside of that. And I've seen two people, I, I mean, I've seen more than two people, but two people here recently in the last week or so, in the midst of all these other uh, celebrities, such as like Gene Simmons and Sean Penn, come out and talk on this issue. And and by, by that, I mean talking about the fallout of what's happened because of these nonsensical policies that these governments and, and these you know organizations like the World Health Organization and, and the United Nations have put out. Marty, you're familiar with Russell Brand. That guy has yep. really changed his tune through COVID. He was predominantly more of a uh, of a guy that was center left uh, or even more left in, in his ideology. But during COVID, He's, it seems like he changed. Yeah. A little bit. The thing about Russell is he 
did come from a very poor background. I think he's a, a Eastender, a Lon- Londoner, proper Cockney, came from a very poor background, got famous through his comedy and did all right for himself. But unfortunately, with that comes all those temptations to drink too much, to do too many drugs, to have sex with as many beautiful women as, it, as he could do. I hate him. <laughs> Essentially, his left-wing bias came from that poor upbringing. He saw people as privileged, some some people, some parts of society as privileged, didn't see that the government that are there to represent us was doing any good. And while it was a Tory government, it's always very popular for all comedians to be anti-right-wing government. He's grown up. He's got himself clean. He's not doing the drugs anymore. He's not drinking anymore. He's got into all kinds of healthy activities. And he's a very intelligent man. So if he's speaking about the fallout of of the pandemic and about the Great Reset and about the World Economic Forum, uh, it's because he's got enough money to spend his entire day researching and looking into things. And he wants that put out there. So whilst he's not a perfect person, he's certainly improving. Well, that's a good assessment. Um, and again, it's I've heard him speak on that matter uh, time and again. So it's it's not like this is a new revelation. However, uh, he does have his own podcast. He had a, a, another prominent actor on his podcast this week, and that's Tim Robbins. You're familiar with Tim Robbins, yes? Yeah. Guy that played in Shawshank Redemption, amongst many other things, yes. Uh, that was, of course, no, most notably his, his biggest role, is what he's most famous for, uh, is that. But uh, he was speaking about the fallout and what's happened on Russell Brand's podcast. Um, this was changed as well. We went into lockdown with healthy people and with children, and that didn't seem to be wise to me. So um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not uh, a doctor. I don't know the intricacies of, of uh, data on this. All I can respond to is as some, uh, someone that has is concerned about what the result of those doctrines that policy had on us as human beings. And it's not good. We turned into um, tribal, angry, vengeful people. And I, I don't think that's something that is sustainable for the earth, that we start demonizing people that don't agree with our particular health policies and turn them into monsters, turn them into uh, pariahs, um, say that they don't deserve a hospital bed. Uh, I think about, you know, people that have made bad mistakes in their lives where they take too many drugs and they overdose and That's totally their choice. That's totally their responsibility. Yet we take care of them. Yet we bring them to the hospital. Yet we save their lives because we're compassionate, because we we want to make sure that people live. And this turned, it turned into you should fucking die because you have not complied. That's incredibly dangerous. That one shocked me to hear somebody with that much Hollywood clout come out and say that. The thing is, it's like the the politicians who are just about to spend more time with their family, air quotes. Hollywood Hollywood actors, entertainers, when they've got enough money, when they, they, they don't have to worry about the next gig, 
about the next film, about the next season in Vegas, they can say what they want to say. That's not taking anything away from Tim there. I totally respect him even more for having said it. And a lot of what he was saying there would have had real resonance with Russell, who would have gone, yeah, because when I was, you know, full of uh, smack and uh, drinking too much, somebody did look after me. So, you know, he, he was hospitalised on a couple of occasions because of his drug use. He went through rehab a good few times and he's come out the other side of it. And yes, people are entitled to choice. People with certain religious beliefs that they, you know, won't accept a blood transfusion or they won't have uh, a, a, what's what's the word, Uh, a transplanted organ, those kind of things, their will has to be respected. Simple, uh, simple as that. I've got issues with it around kids, perhaps, where, uh, you know, a kid might need a transplant because of an accident, blood loss or whatever, not a transplant, uh, a transfusion. And the parents are denying the child that treatment. I'm not at all sure that that's the right way to go. But as an adult, you should have choice. They've tried to take it away from us. They've tried to take that choice away. We have to look at the reasons for why they're taking that choice away. It's got something to do with control. It's got something to do with the effect of of the vaccination. Oh, I used that word again. Sorry, the mRNA gene therapy. We have to get to the bottom of why. We think we're almost there, but we can't be 100% certain. I think we're probably about 95% certain about the motives. That's what I want to hear next. What I want to hear next is a whistleblower such as Andrew Briggins, Bridgins, uh, currently suspended from Parliament under lobbying uh, infringements. He had a whistleblower that told about the um, British Heart Foundation research scientist uh, who who had the non-disclosure agreement sent out to all his researchers so that they couldn't reveal the outcome of the research. And... That's what I want to hear next. I want to hear someone uh, proper whistleblow with absolutely no doubt about the veracity of what they're saying. Um, Tell us what the actual motive is. Is it population reduction? Is it uh, a, a step further to social credit and totalitarian control, which is what it seems to be to us? And I agree with you. Yes. Uh, But and that's and that's actually the only thing that we're lacking at the moment. That's the only thing that we're missing is motive. We've got everything else. We've got who was involved. We've got paper trails, all the rest of it. But we don't have motive. We have speculation as to what that motive is, but we don't have the actual motive itself. And this is another reason why I think that social credit is doomed to failure even before it ever gets implemented in full swing in the first place is because social credit is tied to your vaccination status, is it not? That's the whole premise of it, it right? It certainly seems to be where, where you've got those turnstiles now with um, a QR code reader outside right. Chinese schools that right. people who haven't been vaccinated can't get through and so on. And so, what good is it if you're dead? What good social credit if you're dead? Well, it, it means that 
there, there's less resources, which are all going to be produced by automated systems, um, need spreading around fewer fewer people. So it makes things easier to for an automated bug eating world. But fewer resources. Yeah, we could talk about that. We could go down into that, um, and I could tell you about what's going on with this quote resource scarcity and. It's not what we think it is, uh, but that's another conversation for another day. I'll just put it to you this way: we don't have an energy shortage. That's all I'm going to say, and that's you know, coming from energy the inside. is one thing. Energy is one thing. Food, a food shortage, is being created. That is, we've being got created, the evidence. Yes. Yeah, we've got the evidence of what they're doing to farms in the Netherlands. We've got all of these factories and food processing plants that are suddenly bursting into flames right the way across the world. And and it's those things. But just to finish off this point for me, the motive, you know, uh, motive means an opportunity. The three things to look for when you're trying to find out who did it. I think there are a number of motives. There is not one single motive, but each different part of the cabal has their own motives. Are politicians who have sold out want to retain and gain even more power. The ultra-rich just are, you know, the, the, these sociopaths are just playing out their dream of megalomania. And there are, there are other elements with lower and smaller but equally evil motives as we work our way down the food chain. So when I say I want this whistleblower to speak about the motive, I'm talking about the higher-level motives, certainly of people like Schwab, of Gates, of of even Soros, although he, he surely must be nearly dead now. Yeah, he is getting up there. He doesn't look very good at all. I saw him, uh, I, I want to say it was like a month or so ago, and oh my goodness, he does, he does not look good. He looked like he had one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel. We're actually at time here. We're, we're going to go ahead and go. Marty, do you have anything that you would like to impart to the listeners as the last podcast of the year that you will be on? I would just like to wish everybody... A very happy Christmas and a prosperous new year. I hope all of your friends get woken up if they're not awake already. And I hope to be back in the new year and uh, give you my opinion, which you are entitled to. So thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Bruce, for putting up with me all these weeks. And we're going to have to do it again next year. And we certainly will. Oh, and before you go, I have a surprise for you. Oh, you would have, wouldn't you? I do. I do. And as a matter of fact, this is a this is a good surprise. This doesn't have anything to do with COVID. I know how much you love cyclists. You've talked about them before on Room 101. I know how much you love cyclists. Yeah. You, you're a fan of them, right? I've ridden a bike occasionally, but it's the lycra clad mammals, middle-aged men in lycra. They're the ones that bother me the most. Yeah, or spandex, as we like to say in uh, in the U.S. Uh, is that? However, that's not what this is. These are people in the U.K. that are going around a turn uh, just yesterday on bicycles, and as you can see here, it's very unfortunate uh, what happens to to all of them. Uh, of course, you see the one there, and then of course another one will follow any second now. Yep, <laughs> down that one goes. <laughs> oh yeah, and then the whole crowd goes down. Do you know what I think is happening here? I think this looks like Oxfordshire, and you've got an invisible barrier at the end of that road, <laughs> and they're reaching the the end of their 20-minute 
Um, yeah, the city. 15 minute city. <laughs> but, <laughs> Save um, the earth. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's quite a sharp turn. We've had some very cold weather and, and there's maybe a bit of frost on that road. But that was most entertaining. Fortunately, all of those people low sided the fall off the bikes, not high sided. And no cyclists were injured in the making of this film. Thank you very much, Johnny. Yeah, you're welcome. At least I didn't show you Just Stop Oil. I mean, I showed you that in prep, but I didn't show it to you at the end. Well, at least the police were arresting them in that one. At least for the photo op. Yes, they were. Bruce, your final words for the year? Uh, I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, uh, and take this time to enjoy friends and family. It's good to have uh, periods where you just disconnect from politics, you disconnect, just enjoy life. You know, uh, if you have kids, enjoy the kids, you know, that age is only there once in a lifetime. So, you know, enjoy it. And then your friends and family, you know, enjoy it. Eat some good food. It's a very nice sentiment, Bruce. Indeed, sir. Uh, and we will see you after the first of the year. And I'd just like to say myself that I would like to thank all of the dedicated listeners and all of the new listeners that have joined us this year. And I hope that you will continue to follow us in the new year. And as Bruce said, use this time during the holidays to enjoy the time with your families. Enjoy it. And we'll see you all in the new year. 